41, the moon is full. You make love very well. You touch me like I touch myself. I like you, mademoiselle. There's nothing I would rather do than move around just like this. Do I have to dance all night? Do I have to dance all night? Oh, tell me, bird of paradise. Do I have to dance all night? Hello, and welcome back to Lenny and Coco, the Leonard Cohen podcast. I'm your host, Ned. And I'm your host, Kinley. And we're joined today by Nigel Chapman. Hi, Nigel. Hi. Welcome back, Nigel. Thank Uh, you. Nigel's the singer and songwriter of uh, indie rock band Nap Eyes. Um, And we're delighted to have him here. And we're discussing... (laughs) 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 Yeah, thank you so much for joining us, Nigel. Uh, We're discussing Various Positions, the album from 1984 today. Um, but before we jump back into side B, um, I've got some excerpts from a Toronto Star feature from oh. 1985, written by Peter Goddard, an interview with Leonard Cohen. And one of the things they talked about is uh, whether this album or many of the songs on this album are about God or a woman. And Leonard Cohen says, I've probably achieved the ultimate confusion of woman and God with this album. A tiny vein pulses just beneath his right eye. But you know, sometimes when you meet a person who is really touched by the spirit, it looks like they're in love. You can't really tell in love with what. Mm. Which is pretty neat. Yeah. Um, the writer also says Leonard Cohen has a cello for a voice. Oh. Which I, I really like that. I do too. Uh, and then um, this is just a, a quick little segment today. I've only got one more quote. And uh, this is direct from Leonard Cohen. He says, for a while back in the late 70s, I felt very much on the outside of music. But there's a lot of young groups today who are acknowledging me as an influence. There's Echo and the Bunnymen and groups like Sisters of Mercy that have named themselves after one of my songs. And there's Joy Division. I feel there's a tradition and that I'm a part of it. Hmm. That's very cool. Yeah, I like that. um, Yeah, I like that he was aware of this and knew that all these young, younger musicians really liked his music because you can imagine someone of his stature and age just being like, ah, whatever. I don't care. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, It's nice that he's uh, nice for him and nice for just like, you know, the continuation of art and passing the torch and everything. It's nice Mm -hmm. that he's paying attention to all that. Yeah. And that's interesting that I I didn't, I didn't know those um, bands who would name him as influences like Joy Division and Echo and the Bunny Man. That's interesting. Yeah. This is also around the time Nick Cave on his first album, he covers Avalanche by Leonard Cohen. Oh, cool. Was he, he wasn't doing like, was he ever doing like post-punk? Nick Cave? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yes. So then that's sort of, I guess, how that bled into that scene. Yeah. Are Echo and the Bunnymen post-punk? Kind of, yeah. Okay. Yeah, in a certain way, yeah. Okay. I really like Echo and the Bunnymen. Like, I love that album, um, Ocean Rain. I listened like a ton. I actually don't know hardly anything. I don't either. They got some great stuff. Yeah. I'll uh, check them out on your recommendation, Nigel. Yeah. 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 I don't know their whole catalog or anything, but, but I really love that album that, that I think that's sort of like their seminal early career album that people love. And, and which um, one? Ocean, Ocean Rain. Ocean Rain. Cool. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Nice tracks on there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Sweet. All right. Well, Shall we kick off side B? Sure. Yeah. Side B starts with a little known song. Just, you know, one of those uh, forgotten tracks. No, I can't keep this up. It's not. It's uh, it's Hallelujah. I was going to come right in with never heard of it. But yeah, let's just squash this bit before it goes any further. That's uh, nice that you would support the bit, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're big. We're big supporters of bits over here. <laughs> Which out of context sounds a little funny. But let's breeze right past that. It's like yeah, a hardware it's, store it, thing or something. <laughs> yeah, it's funny that we're at Hallelujah now. Yeah, this might be the hardest song to talk about since Suzanne. Yeah, for sure. Mm. Um, because God knows. 
I mean, our, I mean, well, I don't know. Maybe you could speak to this better, but I imagine this one's arguably like the harder of the two to talk about. Mm. This is like one of his, this is like the famous song of his. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's yes and no, because this is like his most famous composition. Mm-hmm. But, but perhaps not, maybe not recording. Yeah, mm, I see. Whereas Suzanne, if you know Suzanne, you've probably heard the Leonard Cohen one. Yeah, Hallelujah. Maybe not the um, Jeff Buckley. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah, that was like for years. That was the one that I knew. Like I remember. Yeah. I remember. Like I was like, uh, this will date me, and that's fine. Um, <laughs> but I was I was watching the OC like in high school, and I uh-huh. was like, that song came on, and I was just like crying but like <laughs> no, one, no one should know but that I, is what I and uh it was yeah that's a beautiful version as well what a song yes <laughs> my yeah. first experience was definitely um shrek oh yeah with the uh well yeah. it's john kale in the actual movie but then it's rufus wainwright on the soundtrack nice. for some reason Weirdly. i don't yeah. know why but uh <laughs> but yeah same with me ned that was also my first uh i think my first real yeah, that's Shrek introduced Leonard Cohen to a whole <laughs> to generation. <millennials>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so what what do we think of the song? Um, well, I I sort of want to kick off with a question, which is, again, sort of talking weirdly about the covers. I guess we should talk more specifically about the, the version we're hearing on the album. But are there any notable versions that do the big chorus? Because most of the notable ones are the somber. They're that, all they're all the somber that, versions. I, was, I had a note about that. I think it's um yeah, it's such a strange choice. So all the covers basically go hard in the verses, which it makes sense because it's got that like rising chord progression yes. and melody. The fourth, so it's, the fifth. It's, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's easy to uh, fall into that. But then yeah, they all like drop everything and go so soft on the chorus. Yeah. Which, I mean, not that it doesn't work in yeah. a lot of those good covers, but I, I love the big chorus here. and it, It's so good. It's so good, <laughs> and it because it's a gospel song, essentially, so it really works yeah. on that level. And actually, they um, John Lissauer brought in, for the backup singers, a bunch of people. Some of them are real professional backup singers, but a lot of them are non-professional singers um, because he wanted, it sound, wanted it to sound more like... Uh, people singing at a church where not everyone is you know an amazing singer oh cool um, i love that yeah and i think that works really well because it's got a very like i mean it sounds good it's not like an amateur quality but it's got a, a very real and human quality yeah but then you also have like with i assume the professional singers these like small moments where like a couple of the vocalists will like break away from the choir oh, and have yeah. like an extended bit or whatever. And those are always <laughs> ooh, very, very tasty. They fill it's, it's the true. spaces of this song so nicely. Uh-huh. Either with those little stray bits of backing vocals or like the, the guitar, just like, uh, I think they're just like strumming the guitar with their hands over the strings sometimes mm-hmm. and just making a little sound. In yeah. The space. Cool. Real nice. Uh, <laughs> Nigel, any immediate thoughts on on this version? Yeah, I mean it. It is beautiful, and it and it is. It's interesting because, um, like, it always and still does. It always gave me the impression that, like, um, in a way, they they sort of didn't know, like, like how sort of like r- rare and, and astonishing a diamond the track was in mm. the way that they approached it, mm. which is kind of nice. Like by which I mean, like they did, it's not an overwrought version in any way. Right. Um, and people could say maybe the opposite, like in a way it's like, it sounds quite loose and um, like as to where the, the beats land sometimes, like the emphasis is, you know, like there's a, there's almost like a slight flam so, uh, or, or whatever, but in a, in again, a way that gives it like a breathing space, um, yeah, that's a beautiful uh, rendition for sure, and it's a rendition. I, I really like that, and then and I really like how much space it made for then other versions to do like a like a hyper produced like glossy thing. It's uh-huh. like it's so cool that that's kind of how the history of the song could unfold. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it really does work in both forms really well. Like whether it's this like. Uh, I mean, not even just both forms, in any form. Like, uh, Kinley and I met at a summer camp and there were an arts camp and there's always a talent show. And a lot of times there'd be <laughs> just like some kid 
halting piano chords <laughs> singing hallelujah but it's you know it's like a song like amazing grace like it just kind of sounds mm-hmm. good no matter mm-hmm. who's doing that's it that's so true mm-hmm. yeah i do in this version uh like the chorus more than the verses <laughs> i don't know how either of you feel on this point i like the verses great <laughs> as as much uh yeah pretty much cool I, I I think this is like, uh, I mean, maybe this sounds stupid to say out loud. I think it's one of Leonard Cohen's great songs. But oh, specifically, sure. I think <laughs> that like this recording, I, I really love it. I think that it does justice to all the elements of it. Yeah. That's um, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And it, 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 I think that's a cool thing about this song. Like it highlights the abstract like um nature of the song as like a composition of lyrics and melody and and basic chords or whatever as differentiated from like a a recorded production um and i think yeah how could anyone maybe you would have very few people that said like oh that song's not that good or they might say that but maybe they just mean the recording or something because I think the recording might get a bit divisive depending on who you ask. Like, yeah. Yeah. oh no, like I love the Jeff Buckley version, but that Leonard version is horrible. <laughs> right. People say this about like, you know, certain Bob Dylan songs or whatever. Like, I don't want to listen to Dylan sing like Mr. Tambourine yeah. Man or <laughs> right. something, you know, the birds or something. So That's an interesting yeah. point. I wonder what like the average person, because I feel like the average person is like more used to like one of the somber covers, like what they yes, would think of the Leonard sure. Cohen version. For sure. The first time it, I heard it, to be frank, I was like, oh, and then, then, but I was like an immature, like, I didn't know what I was, right? So, yeah, I can't, I can't remember when I first heard the Leonard Cohen one. It's possible it might have been in the movie Watchmen. (laughs) Oh, it might have been not till then. Oh, sure. Oh, Uh, oh, god, (laughs) I just remembered what scene that. Oh, it's it's the it's the unfortunate sex scene up in the uh, in the ship. Yeah. The, oh yeah. Oh god, that memory just of watching that in the theater just flooded back to me. Well, yeah, there's actually Leonard Cohen in an interview in 2009 said that um, because some film critic had written that we need to put a moratorium on people using Hallelujah in movies, <laughs> and Leonard Cohen was like, I actually kind of agree. <laughs> it's a good song but it's being used too much mm, that's funny him. yeah yeah he's cool but it, it had a really yeah. funny life because <laughs> i mean yeah so we know that this album they, they didn't even want to put it out in america nobody cared about it john listauer had brought this forward as the single and oh. they were like what the hell are you talking about <laughs> there's no way um what is this and he said it's a gospel kind of thing and they're like no man <laughs> it's not gonna work <laughs> And it, you know, he played it at his concerts. Probably there were fans of it, but it was not a standout from this album at all. It was actually Bob Dylan was the first one to recognize it publicly. Um, He started playing it at concerts in around 1988. Not, I mean, there's, you know, there's some not very well recorded versions of this online. So it's hard to say for sure. It doesn't sound that great though, from what I can tell. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, in the 90s when John Cale covered it and then Jeff Buckley and more and more people, mm. it just started taking on a life of its own, completely separate from Leonard Cohen. And so by the time he came back to touring, it had become like his biggest song. Right. Mm. When That's interesting. I don't think it's even on like the live album from this era. Oh, no way. Uh, I might be wrong about that, but it's not, you know. Yeah, that's It's so- not presented as like a big highlight. That is interesting. I will say, though, Leonard knew... How good it was. This is the song that he was like tearing uh, his hair out, crawling on the floor in his underwear on the hotel room. Oh, He wrote like 80 verses to this song, oh, trying to right. whittle it down to I, the the very best. And I mean, wow, <laughs> what, a, what a whittler. Yes, I was going to ask about this because obviously those verses, even the ones that don't make it into this recording, were known because there are different verses that make it into other people's versions. So mm-hmm. like, did was it released in like one of his books or something like John that? John Cale asked him for his extra oh. verse. I guess maybe he talked about this in an interview or something. It okay. was it was known. So John oh. Cale, when he was recording it, asked to see and added the verses. extra verses, and then Leonard sent him like three or four, and, and he uh, used them in the in the yeah release. he used some of them yeah. Oh, interesting. He, and he was unsure even how it was gonna how the song was gonna end on this album 
because on the album, it's the last verse. I did my best. It wasn't much. I couldn't feel, so I tried to touch. I've told the truth. I didn't come to fool you. Mm. And even though it all went wrong, I'll stand before the Lord of Song with nothing on my tongue but hallelujah, which is a little more positive, maybe a little mm-hmm. triumphant. And the other, his alternate ending, which he did do sometimes in concerts, was, um, oh, I can't remember the actual lyrics. I don't have them here, but it's you've probably heard it. It's the one about the... Baby, I've the, been here before. No, the no. Marble Arch. Love is oh, not, yeah, I've seen your flag on the Marble oh, Arch, but Love is oh, not a victory yeah. march. Yes. Um, Whoa, it's a cold a and it's a broken lyric. hallelujah. Yeah, it's a yeah, cold and broken hallelujah. Yeah, yes. yeah, that is definitely, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely uh, a harsher uh, ending. Yeah. But he, he omitted it here, yeah, on this version. Mm-hmm. Which is, that in itself is like, wow. Like, in terms of the... It just again, like it makes the song even more like um, abstract because the the official recording he did like doesn't even have this. Well, anyway, whoa. yeah. Well, we're we're talking a lot about the legacy of the song, but like I, I'm wondering, do do it's weird to like actually really look at the lyrics and like try to think of like the meaning just because they're so like embedded in public consciousness. But I was wondering if either of you did have anything to speak of in terms of like the lyrical content, anything specifically jumps out to you or just overall thematically how it ties in with the album, anything really. I mean, the one thing that I always think about with this song is like, we know that Leonard Cohen is always mixing the sacred and the profane. That's yeah. kind of like what he does. Yeah. And I feel like there's never been a better or more succinct example of that than just rhyming do ya with hallelujah. Oh yeah. I think like it's <laughs> brilliant. And that's another thing that the covers mostly do away with i think to their detriment often oh they, they say do you instead of do yeah absolutely oh yeah you um, can, yeah that's so oh, trail and especially <laughs> especially the way he says on the recording where he kind of goes do yeah yeah do yeah yeah like that's the you know the sexy ladies man leonard cohen yeah and hello it turns into hallelujah the you know pious repentant godly Leonard Cohen and you get just get them both right here so well yeah very cool I so like the way good. you put that yeah as I look at those three additional verses like um uh, yeah victory march cold and broken hallelujah and then the other one like there was a time you let me know what what's really going on below but now you never show it to me do you and that's that one's so good and um maybe there's a god above but all i've ever learned from love was how to shoot at someone who outdrew you and yeah man that's just uh, the cold and broken hallelujah oh my god yeah i mean crawling around his underwear he was on fire with these lyrics he really for sure yeah and i bet there's other amazing ones <laughs> yeah oh yeah trail. Of the 80 verses yeah <laughs> once i didn't you see the light of there day there must be at least 40 of those are pretty good well right. uh, the this my last note about this song because because you two were talking about remember trying to remember the first time you hear this and i i don't remember the first time i heard this version necessarily I will say it was almost certainly through you, Ned. One time we were hanging out, listening to me, and you put it on, and it would be background. And we'd you know be talking. You're like, oh wait, hold on, hold on, and it was specifically <laughs> waiting for a uh, for this. The, oh. Yes, it was. It was for that, Ned. Yeah, that and that pause remains uh, as dope as it ever was. That's probably my favorite pause in music. (laughs) Yeah, amazing. That is so sweet. Yeah, so effective and so uh, charged. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah, it's huge. Um, In another song, Leonard Cohen famously says, "There's a crack in everything. That's where the light gets in." Uh And I almost feel like here for like a second and a half that crack is like made into music made audible yeah mm-hmm. great song yeah beautiful <laughs> i mean really yeah. well yeah what can be said yeah no this one the took first, a controversial uh, uh diss view here no <laughs> no it's, it's tough too it's controversial as it got with me was saying that the chorus is better than the verses but that's about <laughs> yeah, as much. Yeah, and were, honestly uh, maybe i'm just stirring the pot here i don't know how much <laughs> i actually believe that <laughs> yeah i really like the uh like the spoken word aspect. Yeah. Um, and, and there's like, he couldn't have done this on any album before this. That's true. With as much power, like his voice mm. is so good and mm. full and deep here. I shudder to think of this version on death of a ladies man. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. This is also the first Leonard Cohen music video. 
Oh, oh. Well, I don't know I've if it's actually that. made like at the same time as this album because it wasn't released as like a single or anything. But right. there is a, a cool music video. You can see it on YouTube. Okay. Um, just a whole bunch of people on some weird like coliseum type building. Oh, it's the awesome. one that was playing at the AGO exhibit. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, cool. Okay. Anyway, then uh, we get maybe the hardest turn from, <laughs> yeah. from uh, one song to another. <laughs> mm. This is what I was so certain that Hallelujah was going to be the last song on side A when right. I was just listening to this album digitally right. before I checked the record. Yeah. Because like. It would have made so much more sense to take a break and turn the record over before you start the captain. But no, we just go right into the captain. Yeah, and what a what a what a song this is. It's true. Leonard <laughs> Leonard Cohen's sense. Well, I mean, maybe only I get this, but his sense of levity levity is so funny to me. Yeah. Yeah. He's a, he goes, yeah, he's like, he's going hard in the paint with levity in this one. For sure. Yeah, he has an interesting sense of humor. It's just so dry. And well, we'll, we'll get more into that. But um, yeah, I like this. This one's grown on me, too, because as you mm-hmm. know, like I've never uh, this is something I've talked about with Ned Nigel. I'm never like as immediately drawn in by the more like country influenced songs. But uh, yeah, this one. Uh, and again, this is one I say. I say this often in previous recordings, but saying down with the lyrics of this one. I just really enjoy the lyrics of this one. Yeah. Yeah. It's very They're so like, well done and good. Yeah. They are so yeah. Good. Fun is kind of a weird word to use to describe <laughs> it, but I don't know. It is kind of, they are kind of fun I in mean, a way. Yeah. The music's fun. fun yeah. And there's like definitely a lot of humor in them. Yeah. And it's nice that it's just like, so, um, I mean, you've talked before in some songs about like the organizational lyrics. Yes really working for you and i love that here is just like so consistent of just like the for first sure. half of the verse is this part of the dialogue mm. and then the second mm. half is the response yeah right. keeps going that is true i do yeah. like that in this <laughs> that's right it's I, I the first time i listened i was like will this be cons-? like i was actually curious because yeah he the, yeah you can't see quotation marks and so forth um yeah <laughs> uh, when you're listening to sounds oh yeah and, exactly uh, yeah and and then but i think they yeah you're you're, you're so right like consistently uh, that he's doing that and it's it's a cool that's a cool um songwriting like idea <laughs> i just have two yeah. voices yeah i've got on the lyric sheet here that the the last full ver- like the last eight line verse is actually all from the first side it seems according to this, like it's all mm. like one quotation and uh. um, the the response part is written in italics. And so here it's it's oh. not. Um, oh. So Can it actually does break again? it right at the end. Yeah. The the second last verse or the last like full length verse mm. is uh-huh. all uh-huh. from the first speaker's perspective. Yes, right. The captain. Oh, right, 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 right. Uh, which I hadn't realized. Like when I was listening to the song, I thought the I've read the Bill of Human Rights and some of it was true bit was uh the the response right the the soldier i guess we'll call him um but no apparently it's not right the captain's laying this all on the soldier yeah which yeah it does make sense actually if you think about it right (laughs) yeah he's laying a burden down upon the soldier Uh uh-huh that's cool yeah i (laughs) I also just love this like this like leonard cohen's version of like a disney villain (laughs) with the captain who's just like (laughs) is just like Yep, I don't care about like any sort of repercussion or like the you know, it's there's a part where the the soldier is talking about we don't have a like everyone on our side was like dead or whatever and he says complain complain that's all you've done ever since we lost if it's not the crucifixion then it's the holocaust which on its own is an absolutely wild lyric to put in your song but what punctuates it and really like I think brings the humor is it's quickly followed by like this light saloon piano yes. <laughs> it's just like such a great addition it's just like jesus christ yeah <laughs> one of my notes here is shout out to john lissauer on piano because oh, oh trails yeah he's the piano player as well as producer and it's so like uh light and yeah. floaty and it just comes in yeah like like it's a, a punchline here mm-hmm. which is awesome yeah yeah and then like the the true leonard comes in and just like uh, reprimands him for yeah. his yeah. <laughs> ruthless joke. <laughs> yeah. I love the line, um, I'm on the side that's always lost against the side of heaven. I'm on the side of snake eyes tossed against the side of seven. That's great. Which is just such fun to say. Sick line. Yeah, it sounds yeah. good. That's right. But it also, like, yeah, just weird. such a 
such a cool way to just be like, I'm a loser, baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So good. Yeah. This captain. Yeah. Like, is the captain bitter? Do you guys think, or is he just like manically evil? <laughs> I sort of, I kind of thought the latter, honestly. Mm -hmm. I just, I just thought this was almost like caricature level mm -hmm. of just a, just a man who's just kind of, just kind of evil. That's True. Like, I was thinking more that. like bitter, but, uh, um, okay. Well, cause I was kind of wondering like what this is all about. And so it's obviously on you know, the surface, it's about war and soldiers and stuff, but mm. you know, the captain might be like some kind of, uh, version of God as well. If this is like, a metaphor for just all of life and a soldier is just someone who lives through life. Mm -hmm. So then I hope he's not just evil, but right. <laughs> maybe that's just hope. I was, I mean, I was, I mean, there might be multiple hints that I, that I sort of like cling to when coming to that conclusion. But I think of at the end with now the captain, he was dying, but the captain wasn't hurt. Yeah. I sort of meant to think like he was just kind of like unaffected mm. by everything mm -hmm. that had happened. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's interesting. I, I kind of, to me, like I thought of that, that as like, um, I try to, uh, that the captain was, um, <laughs> like he, he was doing it to himself. Like he was putting himself through contortions, like oh. psychically by yeah. like resisting this positive social progress and change that's happening right and it's killing him, but he's not even, <laughs> he's fine. <laughs> yeah. True. But, yeah. Again, who knows? And then the soldier takes up the mantle in the end, mm -hmm. even yeah. though he's like, I don't know what side we were fighting for or anything, but Hey, I'll be the captain anyway in the end. Well, yeah, it's kind of like, um, you know, the captain gives him the bars of command and it's just because it's all taking place within the song. There isn't really anything else for him to do. You know, it's just, mm -hmm. this is a world where there's a captain and there's a soldier. Right. And yeah. when the captain goes away, you have to become the captain and there's nothing you can do about it. Mm -hmm. The silver bars. Now I understand like they're not money. They're not like some, some payment or, or money they're protecting, but it's like a, a logo or like an ensign or something. Yeah. That's I what I figured. Yeah. One of those this things that, uh, yeah. Army generals wear in the movies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I what, don't know. Whatever those are. <laughs> the silver bars. Yeah. <laughs> I love, um, I risked my life, but not to hear some country Western song. Love that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. For poking fun of the song itself, but also like within the story. Yeah. It's just such a hilarious response to this like faux wisdom that the captain is offering. Totally. He says, uh, there is no decent place to stand in a massacre, but if a woman take your hand, go and stand with her. Right. And then he's just like, man, I risked my life, but not to hear some country Western song bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's that's funny. I didn't. Mm -hmm. I was trying to think because I knew there was some further connection than just like a, a self-referential joke. But that is what it is. Ah, that's so good. Yeah, that's, that's great. So cool. Yeah. Fun yeah, I like this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fun He's stuff. done it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just the final thing. I love the fiddle in this too. Oh yeah, it's mm. like a broken record almost. Yes. Like it yeah. hardly ever stops playing that weird little riff. Sure. Super rhythmic. And I yeah. almost wonder if it's like inspired by hip hop music, which was you oh. know then just coming in to uh to fashion and like being heard yeah in more like mainstream places mm. and it's like looping and sampling and stuff because it almost sounds like i mean obviously it is a person playing the fiddle yeah but it almost for long stretches of the song sounds like so, just a loop yeah. so convincingly like uh consistent or something yeah. that maybe yeah. they did sample yeah interesting yeah yeah mm. i don't know if anyone involved in this was listening to hip-hop music but <laughs> maybe 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 Bob Dylan was on uh, a rap song in 1986. It would have been That's amazing sweet. if Leonard Cohen was. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, next track is Hunter's Lullaby. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Not Nigel? Oh. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> you, did. you seemed ready. I wanted to I, hand the mic over to you. I'm excited, yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't think of, of a spe special thing to say, but I, but I do like this one a lot. Um, mm -hmm. The beginning uh, every verse with your father's gone a hunting is such a nice, um, like, like a traditional folk music uh, mm -hmm. device. Yeah. And it's so cool because, um, yeah, it just, it familiarizes the listener with the structure 
Um, and it's like a nice memory device. I don't know. It's, it's not, it's just a nice device. Um, I think of like, uh, hard rain by Bob Dylan, like, and where have you been? My blue eyes. Oh yeah. And where have yeah. you been? My darling young one. And of course, many of those older songs that this uh, technique is like, um, based on, but, um, this is so cool. And, um, yeah. And you can see his, his tone, like his register, uh, is is not like a modern register. Your father's gone a hunting. He's deep in the forest, so wild, and True, he cannot yeah. take his wife with him. He cannot take his child. So mm-hmm. yeah, we're not contracting, and we're we're using some more older word orders, more formal, right? Um, and so nice, and so pretty, and yet such uh, short verses, and um, yeah, it's very really um, yeah, just beautiful. And I don't know if I have anything special to say about the lyric yet, but yeah, curious what you guys would would say. Well, I, I was actually just going to ask you, because I feel like I, I read that it was based on a, an existing folk song. Is oh, that true? Cool. That's I, sweet if it I is. I don't know. Oh, okay. Um, was that on Genius? I think it was on Genius. Are you looking at Genius right now, Nigel? I'm looking at it. I've never, I haven't used it much. Okay, if I go to read more. Ah, that's right. Okay. Uh, oh, based on a hunting, we will go, you know, a hunt, is that a hunting? We will go, a hunting, we will go, hi, ho, the dario. Is, or is that something oh. else? Yeah, that sounds familiar. A hunting, we will go, yeah, yeah, a hunting, we will go, hi, ho, the dario, a hunting, we will go. You oh, can see okay, so I guess. I'll put I, the Wikipedia in the, in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess, I guess then in, in this case, it was more of like a starting point rather than it was like. Because obviously this song is pretty different <laughs> from that. musically for yeah. sure. And yeah, 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 yeah. But still, yeah, it's nice to yeah. I mean, and maybe the tone, maybe the mood, and I, like I've never looked at the lyrics of this folk song. Um, this, these are awesome, right? Yeah. Catch a fox and put him in a box <laughs> and never let him go. <laughs> You're just gonna keep that fox in that box forever. <laughs> Interesting. Oh yeah, cool. It's for kids, maybe. Uh, folk songs are cool. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. True. A roving. <laughs> what, is, what does roving mean? Right. Like wandering. Um, mm-hmm. uh, oh. Journeying. Yeah. Because I was, when you said this was um, based off an old song, I was thinking of the, um, my mind went to, we'll go no more a roving, that poem. Oh, yeah. Um, That's a beautiful. Oh, I, I, I don't know that one. I think, I think I'm picturing. That sounds, that's a nice, that's really nice. That, that already sounds nostalgic and sad just the first <laughs> <Yeah>. time. <laughs> but yeah, we'll have to check out A Hunting We Will Go after this. <laughs> but yeah, what do you, what do you think of this one, Ned? Uh, this one's not like a top favorite, mm-hmm. but it is really low. It's just like a, a smaller, lovelier song. Um, it's one of those, like, we've talked about this a few times, the like underdog song on a Leonard Cohen uh-huh. record. That's just mm-hmm. like a little quieter and slower and not as, uh, it doesn't announce itself as much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they can sometimes sneak up and be some of the best ones. Um, so maybe I'll just have to spend more time with this. It reminds me a bit of the, like, um, the jazzy songs actually on, uh, recent songs, like, uh, oh, came really? so far for beauty, the way that, like the final line of the verse, uh, like the melody there, um, which is a cool, thing to mix that sort of like jazz standard style into the folk style Mm. and then to have it all be like underlaid by the synthesizers of the 1980s yeah it's a yeah it's an interesting combination Mm. i don't love this one (laughs) um (laughs) i i i would kind of like to have more time with it i think but i also think i'm being a little unfair with it because I think my main complaint about it was like, I found the, I find the arrangement a little like uninspired, at least it picks up at certain points. Like I think in the third verse and in the, and in in another later verse, but it is, but then it's also, it is a lullaby. So like, Mm. I get that they wouldn't want to it to be, but it just feels a little like washed out sometimes. But yeah, this is another one where it's like, I just can't get bored when Leonard Cohen is doing a sound like this, because it's just <laughs> uh, automatically interesting to mm. me. Mm. Even now, having heard this album, you know, many, many times, it just uh, keeps being fascinating to have like a towering figure of the '60s and '70s just adapt himself so like seamlessly and well to uh, the sounds of the 1980s. I think it's really cool. Mm. Yeah, that's cool. But I see what you're saying too. It's it's like a 
it's like a slower, less, uh, less impassioned song than some <laughs> of the others. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think that's what, I think it's also just like, like, I think perhaps it would like, I could see it as like a fine so- song on its own, but I think it's also, it's like the, co- within the context of the album, I'm thinking a little too, but obviously the two of you are less bothered by that. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'm not. Well, I, yeah, I'm not bothered, but, <laughs> but I agree. But I agree, like that. It's. I wouldn't say it's in, in my like top like five for the album, probably mm-hmm. or anything. But I, yeah, I like it. The lyric is. I mean, it has this nice thing of like like a simple like just an even the yes. number of words per line or whatever. Mm-hmm. But also maybe he's not um, like uh, you know going as as super sort of enigmatic and. Um, Right. Cool. Yeah. As he sometimes does. Yeah. Well, I I was uh, lyrically, I was definitely struck by your father's gone a hunting through the silver and the glass, where mm. only greed can enter, but spirit spirit cannot pass. That's yeah. Dope. My mind immediately went to um, the Sean Penn bits in Tree of Life when oh. he's in like the like big glass building in the city. Oh. And he's just oh, yearning. It's been, it's been a while since I've seen that. Yearning for something that. real and natural. And so yeah, the the. What is it? Yeah, the quick no. The Not silver the and the glass. Your father's mm-hmm. gone hunting through the silver and the glass. Yeah, yeah. just like from my mind right there. And then he sees like a flock of birds go by and make beautiful shapes. It's great. That's it's a good so movie. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh yeah, I do remember that actually. Yeah. It's not bad. <laughs> I want to make that clear. I yeah. just, We're it's just call this, this is probably not the, bad. The, yeah, I, I think it's not I would bad. He's I would, done better. I would I would probably call this my I may call this my least favorite on the album. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. It feels a bit like maybe it's like a quasi apology to Suzanne. Oh, interesting. Uh, or like any woman that maybe he has failed to be faithful to. Mm. Yeah. Interesting line about that. Like the woman cannot follow him, although she knows the way. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's sort of like, I don't know if it's like normative in some sense, but it's interesting anyway. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, i guess that's all we got to say about that one um next second last song is uh heart with no companion Mm -hmm. i love this one yeah i like this one a lot (laughs) i I feel like this is like quietly maybe like the most important song on this album in terms of like the themes of it i want to hear more on that point because i could i can see where you're coming from but i can't articulate that yeah well it starts now i greet you from the other side of sorrow and despair with a love so vast and shattered, it will reach you everywhere. And to me, this is, well, first of all, I just like believe it fully the way he sings that. Oh yeah. I am so taken in that he is actually speaking to me from having come through like some really difficult shit. Mm -hmm. And, And it just seems like this whole album is like a transmission from that other side. And so I, lo- I love having this song towards the end that just puts it really succinctly and nicely and tells you what's going on with the album. And uh, yeah, it's, it's like a theme song for the album almost. Yeah. Like, it, it, like or a thesis statement it, it, like ties it all up. Yeah, that's cool. It's like uh, a dead. It's so sweet that it's like a dedicated anthem to like it's for the people that are that are still there that are still suffering. So mm-hmm. Well, and the the chorus is really lovely because it makes me think of um, makes me think of a bunch of men in a pub, <laughs> just getting together and sing. Because sing, that's sort of what the because be- I don't think we have a female backup vocals on this one. I think it's all men. Mm-hmm. Is, is it not? I can't quite remember. Let's find out. All right. And I sing this for the captain whose ship has not been built for the mother in confusion her cradle still unfilled for the- Yeah, that was that was the other thing I was going to say is just immediately I love the um the guitar and the the drums working the snare lightly oh, yeah. it's just such yeah. that's such a different sound for him but it's not like so far of a reach that like it's sort of funny that like we haven't heard that kind of thing from him before but it's it's really lovely yeah there was one um review or something that was talking about this album that said this song wouldn't sound out of place on a johnny cash album right and for a second i was like wait what but then yeah no it totally makes sense yeah uh, 
it's got that sort it's like country but in a coming from a totally different side of it than mm-hmm. something like the captain was mm-hmm. yeah not like the <laughs> lazy twang but like the sort of like subdued like yeah anyway yeah, yeah. and this like yeah. heavy country wisdom kind of thing yeah mm-hmm. um th- or- i think this is a really good song to talk about something i mentioned early on which is just like leonard's i think really major advances as a poet um, and with one specific example, one specific word even, and that oh, word right. is confusion uh, in the chorus. Sing for the mother in confusion, her cradle still unfilled. Mm. And it's like a mild word for the subject matter. Mm. Um, you compare it to like Bird on a Wire says, like a baby stillborn, I have torn everyone who reached out to me, which is just so like, uh, it's more direct and it's uh, more like violent and strong yeah Mm -hmm. but just because of the way he's like organized these words together confusion hits so much harder than any more obviously extreme word would Mm -hmm. like he knows that we know that the mother is feeling sorrow or grief or whatever like he doesn't need to say that and so he can use a different word to like add something to our understanding instead of just confirming it and confusion is such a perfect choice Cause you know, like when something awful happens, you yeah. feel like you like you are totally lost and you like can't even comprehend it really mm-hmm. until you've had time maybe to look back on it. And so just the mother in confusion, I just, I'm right there. I feel, I see like the whole situation just from that word. And I think that's incredible. And then he actually does it again later in the song uh, when he says nights of wild distress and every mm-hmm. time when he starts saying that word and he's the D sound, I think he's going to say like despair. Oh, yeah. Or you might think like depression or mm-hmm. something like that. But it's just nights of wild distress, which like doesn't sound as bad on the surface of yeah. it. But then if you think about it and imagine being distressed all night, you're like right there with him, you know. It's wild distress. Yeah. But yeah, I think you're I think you're right on the money with that. I really I really like that is that is a uh, an observation that that was not. Um, in my sights. So I'm glad you brought mm-hmm. that up. Same. Yeah. And I, and now that you mentioned that line, um, uh, the nights of wild distress, the rhyme with that line, I, as I was listening before the call, I was like, Oh my God, he didn't, but he did rhyme nonetheless. Like, <laughs> Oh yeah. Nonetheless, it's amazing rhyme in that position, but like, how dare like anyone yeah. <laughs> doesn't want to be called like some arch, like stilted, like over, over sophisticated, like songwriter use that yeah. word. It's amazing. He did. So Absolutely. Well. Yeah. And, and that line too, like just the going back to this idea of wisdom, it's just to have a, you know, quote pop songwriter in 1983, tell you that, or 1984 tell you that though your promise count for nothing, you must keep it nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Like who else is going to be telling you that in the know. middle of the 1980s? It's crazy. And, uh, Bob Dylan. Maybe Bob. Maybe, but he'd be, he'd be more like, I don't know. I feel like Bob Dylan's very happy to break his promises. Oh, sure. Right. And, you know, I'm not putting any judgment. I love Bob Dylan and his wild changing of personalities is right. what makes all the amazing different music that there is. But it's uh, just something else entirely to have this like very heavy and like very old fashioned statement of what it means to be good coming from your record player. Yeah. That's right. I love it. Yeah. 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 It's like, um, it's like existentialist or something like Camus, like, um, yeah. My dad would always be like, Oh, you know, in like the plague, like La Peste, like this Dr. Ria, uh, just keep, like, he just keeps doing it. But in that case, actually it makes a thing. But my dad's always like, yeah, the, the only thing is like to do one's, duty to like faire son métier or whatever to you just have to do your your thing anyway yeah. no totally yeah that actually fits in like perfectly because yeah Camus would would say that the promises we like nothing we do matters just because of itself but because we made that promise to someone else mm. we have to keep it or else like we've ruined the meaning that we've put to our own lives and actions. Mm. Yeah. Good song. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is a good going, song. Yeah, it's good. It's that's right. And and like I mean you 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 pointed to it too, Ned. Like, like he wrote that and like now we're now we're thinking in that way. Like he sort of um, which is so cool. Uh yeah, wisdom. Music could be a vehicle for wisdom and for fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's so true. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, well, that's the thing. And I guess this is not as fun, but I love music that or any art that like might make me a better person in some way. Sure. Or just point the way to how I might live a better life. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe of all Leonard Cohen's albums, this one might be the most that does the most in that direction. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Um, but we'll have to see. Yeah. As, we, as we keep going. But for now, there's one more song on here, and it's called If It Be Your Will. Mm-hmm. This is, uh, you know, there's going through uh, the catalog chronologically as we're doing, there is, I, I was very excited to, to hear the new form he was taking on, but there was also the sadness of leaving the guitar playing singer songwriter behind. And I like that there's a song on here that sort of sounds like it could be from the songs era, but it's uh, not so much in terms of the production or arrangement, but um, definitely stripping the parts, having, you know, the guitar, his voice, having some backup uh, singers. I just love that that exists, but it still has a sort of um, forward perspective in terms of his, um, his artistry at this point and like his, his, production collaboration with various people in this case john lasar um so that's my first observation about the song i just really like that we get this little we're bringing it down a little we got some uh not exclusively guitar but that sort of taste of that that sort of classic leonard cohen sound Mm. and now someone can take it away (laughs) with their perspective (laughs) yeah so this is um the melody and the basic idea of the song are both borrowed from separate Hebrew prayers. Oh. Um, And uh, indeed, this is often called a prayer, this song, Mm -hmm. for perhaps obvious obvious reasons. Mm -hmm. Um, This also tends to be the song that people point out as like the other good song on this album. There's a lot of people who don't really like this album, like Leonard Cohen critics very much. And they'll be like, oh, but it's the one with Hallelujah. (laughs) And it's also got If It Be Your Will, which... I don't really relate to. I mean, obviously, I've... This is short shrift. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, I like a lot of the other songs, but specifically, I like a lot of the other songs more than this one. Sure, yeah. Um, I would say the same, yeah. Same, yeah. Like, I don't feel the total opposite to what you're saying about, like, having it be nice to look back to this old sort of sound. Uh-huh. Like, I don't hate that, but I also, like, did not need it. I was mm. so, like... Uh, into the the new sounds that he's going for in the new production that yeah. I would have been very happy to just keep going with that. So that's is that a a bit of a detracting factor for you? Sort of. I mean I it's not to say that the song would be uh would be bad just automatically because of that. Right. Um, honestly, I think I like the first half of the song a lot and then it kind of loses me. Okay. Which might just be a matter of the lyrics. Like when he's, uh, the first two verses are amazing. And the difference between them brings so many questions because I'll just read it. Uh, If it be your will that I speak no more and my voice be still as it was before, I will speak no more. I shall abide until I am spoken for if it be your will. If it be your will that a voice be true from this broken hill, I will sing to you from this broken hill. All your praises they shall ring, if it be your will to let me sing. So first of all, that from this broken hill, all your praises they shall ring is such a beautiful mm-hmm. line and sentiment. But the hearing those two verses together really makes me think about, like, I don't know, just raises a lot of questions about God and what he's like. Because why would we want a God who doesn't want Leonard Cohen to sing? Like if that's even an option, you know, and, but I mean, that's the point of so many religious stories. Yeah. Just, we don't understand mm-hmm. the plan and we have to accept the mystery. So it's really cool mm-hmm. that Leonard is saying, all right, if you don't want me to sing, then I won't. Like that is really powerful from someone who obviously like feels such a need to express themselves yeah, through song and poetry. And I'm sure when he says sing, he means the whole of his art, not just literal singing. 
yeah and yeah like that's so true and and then and i think i mean like depending how you look at it that seems like a really good attitude just like yeah it's like a non-egotistical way of relating to the act of singing and songwriting and all that because it's like whatever it is it's like coming through me instead of like self-glorifying or whatever um yeah that seems like a good attitude (laughs) from leonard here yeah for sure and you know he's someone who's like struggled so much to write these songs right i can see that he would feel like uh well, on the one hand, you could imagine someone who struggled this much to then just be like, wow, look how great I am. <laughs> I did it and I wrote these amazing songs. <laughs> or you can have someone who is like, wow, I must have been very lucky and blessed. And uh, someone had mercy on me to let me finish this. And that's obviously the where Leonard Cohen lands yeah. on that on that question. Mm. That's sick. <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Although he... Yeah. Uh, I did also think that if God did tell him to stop singing, would, would he do he? it? <laughs> yeah. I assume like, I he I never said. actually, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I assume he never actually got tested. I assume God didn't come down to him and say, hey man, please stop. <laughs> yeah, like an um, Abraham and Isaac situation. Like yeah. kill, your, kill your boy, Abraham. Right, yeah. <laughs> well, it's because like, uh, you know, he made this album partly because he needed money for his family, so that's yeah and it's like what kind of sign would it take yeah that's interesting for him to stop you know yeah and i have no idea but don't know yeah now that you mentioned that and just to ask is this like pre uh mount valdi where he like went to live up there and then when he came out like all his money was stolen or that's or this is after that time and this I don't is... want to give a spoiler. I hope I didn't do that. You can edit it out. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's okay. It's mostly for Kinley that we're worried about the yeah, spoilers. Yeah, got a little but... taste of the future. Oh, oh. <laughs> no, but it's yeah, it's just a foreshadowing. Um, so he's been like um, in and out of Mount Baldy a lot at this point. Mm. Um, Roshi, the monk there, is like one of his best friends and has been for a long time. Mm. Um, but he's never stayed there for a particularly long period of time. It's after, it's in 1993 or four that he mm-hmm. goes to uh, spend a long time there. Mm-hmm. Um, but what makes you ask that? Oh, yeah. Um, well, I learned about that one time in like an English class, like years ago back in university, like because they, they show, he wrote a note. Uh, you'll learn later probably. Right? But <laughs> he, he wrote some note uh, as he was going. But um, but then later I also learned uh, like another connection to this Mount Baldi, and it's that like one of the, I guess like one of the mindfulness or meditation teachers that I, that I think is amazing is Shinzen Young, and Shinzen also spent time at Mount Baldi, and I think was good friends with Leonard, um, yeah. and then they and then sometimes like Shinzen would like at a retreat like play a Leonard song or whatever and be like, oh cool, this lyric is about this like emptiness or it's True. about this like mother and father uh sort of primordial energy principles um giving oh, birth to the moment or whatever yeah yeah so huh. nice. but but yeah yeah anyway there, there i think there's there are many more <laughs> sorry um there <laughs> there are many more uh historical um uh things that i don't know about uh when it comes to his biographical situation right yeah well it's really interesting in his music how like the jewish tradition and like the old testament christian traditions can like intersect with his buddhist teachings mm. and he can end up like pulling a lot of the same lessons from both of them i i'm not a i i'm not a religions expert by any means so i don't have much to like expand upon that point but it's just uh as someone who's like pretty much an outsider to world religions but like looking in and seeing that through the lens of leonard cohen's lyrics it's really interesting yeah that's true yeah and and that's so true i think like yeah feeling this flavor of like universality and like openness of his um his 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 feelings about these matters is good yeah yeah it's good but yeah i will say that is interesting um what you said the context of um this being the sort of the other song that will be referenced in regards to this album because I'm with you on that. I don't really see that. I think there are, uh, I don't know, more no- <laughs> more notable songs on this album that can be celebrated, yeah, and dissected. 
Yeah, I'm not sure how to explain it. I mean, it's like lovely. Yeah, it is. It's maybe more like a lot of the songs, at least from my perspective, I'm talking about how great they are in terms of how they connect to the rest of the album and like illuminate other parts of the album and expand upon themes that like some other song picked up. So maybe this is a song that's like easier to appreciate just fully on its own. But I don't know. Mm. Me neither. <laughs> Same, yeah. It's cool. Well, I don't, and I think you were saying too, um, Ned, like, yeah, you like the first half and then the second half. One thing I, I when I was listening to first, verse three, and I'll probably get used to this, but um, it says like, let your mercy spill on all these burning hearts in hell. And it's that you could say this is heavy handed, like we're right. know, like you were like hellishly. But then again, depending on who you're talking about, some people really are experiencing like a hellish level of suffering by yeah, hyperbolically speaking. Like, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, yeah. Mm. But it that took me out of it a bit because anyway. Yeah, I no, I agree. Um, although looking at it as like a metaphorical hell and like people still living on earth, but going through hell. Mm hmm makes it a little more palatable mm -hmm. but it, it yeah i can't really explain why but it did just feel really strange in this prayer to suddenly expand it so much from just because it's so simple in the first two verses right. it's just mm -hmm. about mm -hmm. one person and like should i sing like I, i'll do what you like i'm making it sound like it's like egotistical it's obviously the complete mm -hmm. opposite but it is about mm -hmm. just what my actions are gonna be right and then all of a sudden to make this jump to let your mercy spill on all those burning in hell, all those burning hearts in hell. It's a hard turn. And I, I, don't, I don't quite follow the song mm. when it makes that turn. Yeah. Yeah. I also don't know the in our rags of light, all dressed to kill part. I'm not right. sure what. I just have no idea where <laughs> where that's pointing me. Yeah, Some I don't like either. Super sexy spirit orphans. Or something. <laughs> that's, that's it. We've cracked the code here today. <laughs> <laughs> well i guess that that brings us to the end i guess so oh my goodness yeah. we did it yeah so i don't know nigel do you want to kick us off maybe about just some like uh overall thoughts and feelings about various positions yeah sure yeah the, i um first of all i just want to say like this was so fun uh this was really fun and it's such a nice uh, time for me so thank you for inviting me um and then yeah i just like I said in the outset of episode one, um, not being like widely familiar with Leonard's catalog, but definitely having like his um, his icon and energy uh, and and songs in my in my mind um, through him directly and then through the culture that he's influenced so much. Um, I was like, I was like, I know, I know, I'm gonna like this, um, but I didn't know in what manner I would like it, and um, and I like it a, a lot, and. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, and it's good. Yeah, it's so good. And he he really, I'm sure that he was breaking ground. And 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 like you're alluding to, like we were saying sometimes, like doing doing things that were really different than 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 what was um what else was happening at the time. And then it's so cool that it like didn't work commercially, and at least at first, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. But just beautiful. Yeah, that's about the size of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kimmy? Uh yeah, well, I mean, the, it's interesting to come out of um the searching era. Actually, quick sidebar, d is there a name for this era or are we holding on to that until later? Uh yeah, maybe I haven't quite figured that out yet. Then we'll come back to that. <laughs> but um to come out of that and, and arrive here, it, there's definitely uh more of a sense that the aspects of production and arrangement, they feel more um they feel more complete. Like it feels like a sort of arrival in a way. So that's exciting because, you know, we went through all the searching and now there's sort of, and you know, I imagine there are some, there are some new places to go, but this is the point where it's like, okay, there's more of like a security here. And I think, uh, I want to speak to a point you said earlier, cause there's a, there's always this element in Leonard Cohen's music. Uh, I would often notice it more like across albums, the sort of, uh, idea of like how everything's interconnected and how there are like threads that link back. But I did notice that a lot in particular with this album between songs and how there are sort of themes and ideas that connect. And that's always, I mean, that's always just really exciting in art when you're able to um, create something uh, cohesive like that. So uh, yeah, uh, I think 
for me, uh, I wouldn't say side A necessarily, but I would say the front half-ish is probably what really drives this for me. But I, I think this is overall a great one. I'm happy that we're here in the Hades. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I agree with everything that both you said. Um, and I've said like most of my points about this album during the discussion with the songs. Yeah. Basically, I have like two main reasons to love it, which is uh, one is like the wisdom of the lyrics mm-hmm. and the the newfound depth and heart that, yeah, as you said, like obviously in the albums up to this, Leonard was searching for something and I think clearly has found something here and yeah. is sharing that with us. And that's great. And secondly, I love that the just this great irony of that these cheap 80s sounds can <laughs> help get that wisdom and deep messages across yeah and um i don't know it just makes the whole thing have this like constant buzz of pleasure running Ooh. underneath it all the time <laughs> mm-hmm. and this might get even more true on the the next couple albums but this is where it starts right um, and it's great maybe not every song works as perfectly as the rest but uh-huh <clears throat> But this is just such an important album in his career. I feel like it's the real turning point between like early Leonard Cohen and late Leonard Cohen. Yeah, I could see that. Um, In the sound of his voice and the sound of the music and the themes of the writing, all of them. It's just like this is uh, something else now. And it's great. (laughs) I can't wait to get into all the rest of it. Yeah, hell yeah. Top half or bottom half, Kinley? Okay. So, (laughs) so... Are there, there are three, I was trying to, before I got here, remember, I think I have three in the top and three in the bottom right now. Is that right? I think in the top, I have songs of Leonard Cohen, songs from a room and new skin. Yeah. And then the others are in the bottom and there are five more slots left in each. No. Wait, how many more slots are left? Four four slots. Four? Yeah. There are 14 albums. Basically. Yeah. Okay. We're we're doing 14. No, I know. I got it. Oh God. I got it in my head. That was 16. Okay. Well, this is good. We're on an evening, even playing. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. This is good. We're on an even playing field right now, but this is truly where things become difficult for me because I might as well be guessing, especially given what you've said and you know, Ned and I are different people. We're bound to have different opinions, but I do kind of trust this idea that, from here on out, there is sort of a like e- more or less even quality. A stride. Has Ned been is n- not letting me read anything <laughs> on his face right now. I for this one, I am going to say top half. I'm going to say top half. Um, but yeah, I mean, it. This is what's frustrating is it'll come to a point where like I'll really like an album and I'll have to like have the the gamble, the foresight to be like. Well, no, there won't be a foresight, but I'll have to be like, you know what? Just because I think I have to put this in the bottom. This is a horrible position to be put in. Yeah, I'm sorry I invented this game. But... Yeah, because I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> but we can't stop now. No, we can't. For some and, reason. And it'll just make um, the ranking at the end uh, even more fun. <laughs> well, this is fun. like at the end of uh, Mario Party. Like you think you're winning, but then like everyone else gets like a bunch of bonus stars. <laughs> yeah, the bonus stars. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Leonard Cohen's last couple albums are just the the bonus stars. Well, his career. yeah, I think I've remarked on this in like one of our earlier episodes. But it's like, are you are you on TikTok, Nigel? Uh, no. The, I mean, theoretically, honestly, no. good for you. Um, but th- there's this thing. I mean, I'm not seeing him as much of it anymore. But there was a thing they would do with like there are like list filters where like certain albums would pop over people's heads and then they'd have to blind react them, like not knowing which one's coming next. Oh, and uh, that's really where, that's really what we're doing here. We're taking TikTok into the podcast format. <laughs> Spreading out across <laughs> 40 hours of yeah. quality audio yeah, entertainment. Yeah, the spirit. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Nigel? With no stakes whatsoever, is this in the top half of Leonard Cohen's albums or the bottom half? Yeah, like with no stakes and, and very little context, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's got to go in the top half. Yeah, like even just for a song like Hallelujah, like that's a heavy hit. That's like a slugger that even if the rest of your team is underpowered, like, <laughs> it's going to get you to the playoffs, you know? That yeah, is what it can come down sure. to sometimes. Yeah. 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 And Ned? <laughs> Well, I don't think it's any surprise based on the stuff I've been saying. This is a major top half. Cool. It's a great album. Yeah. 
Excellent. Because there's no two ways about it. Yeah. <laughs> well, this has been great. Thank you so much, Nigel. Yes. And you um, guys too. This is so fun. <laughs> it has been so fun. Uh, yeah, Thank you. This, it really has been uh, a new experience for us here at Lenny and Coco and a delightful one. Yeah. Um, and before we go, if you have anything that you want to plug or talk about what you're doing, then uh, please go ahead. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Um, well, the main thing is that we've Napa has, uh, we've remained very active, like um, intern in internally uh, in a, in a, like a non non public facing way uh, out of necessity since the pandemic started. Um, like at that time, we we were we were just launching like our fourth album, and then the whole tour was canceled and couldn't oh. promote the album at all. Yeah, that yeah, show but- where you uh, open for Destroyer was actually the very last thing I did. Before, uh, uh, before the, yeah, 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 yeah. That's awesome, yeah, though. It that, was great. That, that was great so show. fun. Yeah, yeah. It, it's too bad because we we went for six or seven shows with Destroyer, but then we would have had more shows all the way like to the West Coast. But then in Atlanta, it was over. Yeah. No need to uh, remember that too vividly now. Um, but yeah, finally, uh, look, we're seeing a bit of movement, and um, so hopefully soon uh, there'll be some new music from us, and and also. I have a few things that I'll work on uh, into like releasing content, hopefully for the first time um, in, a, in a quite direct way. It's something I've been like t- toying with, uh, like it's probably the wrong word, but it has some of the connotation I want. Uh, and also nursing uh, like like my spirit to actually share things and be vulnerable, uh, <laughs> which is like not always like what you what what I want, but <laughs> also always is what I want and need like at this deeper level. So I have this uh, dynamic of self inhibition, which is unfolding uh, on a on a um, continuous basis. <laughs> Very uh, nice to describe it in a certain way. Yeah. So hopefully there'll be things to to share in a, in a manner uh, related to that as well. Nice. Well, you know, you've got two people here at least who are always excited to uh, hear slash see what you're sharing. So absolutely, Thanks, you yeah. Yes. So we're excited for all of that. For and sure. uh, and if people want to uh, find you online, uh, where can they find your work or NapEyes? Yeah, they can go to NapEyes dot com, or they can find us on the streaming platforms. Um, and they, there's an Instagram, like actually the Instagram is one thing and and it is what it is and Seamus uh does the t- mostly Seamus does the Twitter uh and he does a great job Sweet. um it's not exactly like the same as like listening to us but it's a whole cool <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah great. Uh, yeah you search then you'll find you'll find it <laughs> awesome well yeah thanks again and uh we'll see you next week to uh, all you listeners out there yes yeah, see bye. you next week everybody thanks again Nigel <laughs> thanks guys bye bye-bye Do I have to dance all night? Do I have to dance all night? Who tell me bird of paradise? Good night, friends. Thank you very much.